coming up on podcast 1928. Tesla debuts their own factory wraps, VW's improved ID4, ID5, and a cheaper F-150 Lightning. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening around the world. It's EV News Daily, your trusted source of EV information for what happened on Wednesday 11th of October. Tesla's Model Y achieved an impressive milestone recently. It just tipped over 2 million cumulative sales globally. As of now, Clean Technica reckons 2.16 million, Model 3 2.2 million. So not long before the Model Y becomes the world's best-selling EV ever, ever, ever. Considering the current pace, it'll be sometime this quarter. Model Y began back in March 2020, took three and a half years to get to 2 million sales and such rapid sales, almost surpassing Model 3 in such a short time span, underscores amazing market success. Tesla also introducing wraps for the Model 3, Model Y. You know, that's the sort of the sticky coating you can put on vehicles to give it a whole new look. Marking its debut in the United States, adding a fresh palette to their vehicles. You can get the Satin Stealth Black at $7,500. Same price for the Slip Grey. And for eight grand, Glacier Blue, Satin Rose Gold, Forest Green, Satin Ceramic White, and Crimson Red. I guess you can wrap a car cheaper than you can update an entire factory's paint facilities, at least for the handful of people who perhaps weren't making a purchase because, let's face it, you've seen the same colour Teslas over and over and over again. Doesn't bother me too much. I know it does bother some people. You look at some premium cars, you can get them in infinite colours. You bring your own particular hue. I don't know, your favourite shade of Pantone colour. And so, you know, uh, uh, premium car makers will do that. But Tesla, well, at least trying to look a little more premium and saying, well, we've got some more colours if you want them. Um, It's been really five shades forever uh, in terms of recent history. Early doors Tesla was much more interesting in terms of the colours they offered in terms of the Model S, even the Model X as well. But I guess when you grow that that large, you have to have efficiencies of scale. All right, Ford are next in the news, slashing up to $15,000 off their F-150 Lightning. The new incentive provides $7,500 extra on top of the federal tax credit for buying or leasing the vehicle a total saving of potentially $15,000. The F-150 Lightning Platinum Trim comes with a $7,500 retail purchase incentive or equivalent for the leasing. The Lariat Trim, the same, but five grand for leasing. And the XLT is a $1,500 discount, whether you're leasing or buying the Pro variant, no discount at all. Back in April, Ford highlighted the eligibility for the tax credit, $7,500, like I mentioned. Even though the Platinum Trim is over $80,000, customers can save up to a combined 15 grand on the fully equipped Lariat model. That promotion ends January 2nd next year. Following a six-week pause, production of the F-150 Lightning is now back on track after a brief hiatus to expand the Rouge Electric Vehicle Centre. Deliveries in July and August were pretty limited. In a new rollout, Ford introduced the Flash trim recently as well. It's $70,000, well, $69,995. And it's, they say, the best of all the bits that people want out of the vehicle. So 320 miles on the big boy battery, the big tech interior, the big screen, a heat pump as well, drawing features from the XLT and the Lariat models uh, to kind of have a trim somewhere in between. But what they say is what tech buyers want. Now, talk about Ford and Indra next, because anything you can do, we can do better, is what they would say to Tesla. Tesla famously took a an early 
punt. That's the wrong word. Uh, but they went to Idra. Now, Idra is an Italian firm that does aluminium casting machines. And Tesla became quite well known, I think, for being very public in how they wanted to use these large cast pieces. And Idra also supply the likes of Ford, Hyundai, and other European car makers as well. Now, Tesla had been notable because they'd, they'd kind of coined the phrase giga presses. That's what Tesla's really good at, is branding. Musk is brilliant at branding. So the, these machines, uh, not made by Tesla, made by a supplier, but by giving them their own kind of, sort of giga name, people think Tesla make these things, and people give Tesla the credit. That's the brilliance of, of what Musk is. That's, well, that's the good side. I'm not saying it doesn't have his bad sides. Um, but they uh, um, uh, create single pieces for vehicle underbodies. They've refined the manufacturing process. Tesla, I think, have taken it to the next level and diminishing the task for hundreds of robots. So you have a single piece. These massive casting machines play a pivotal role in the Model Y, particularly the Giga Presses cast the front and rear underbodies, then merge with the battery pack to construct almost this three-part chassis. Now, at Idra's facility in Travalgiato, sorry, Italian listeners, I probably butchered that one, um, their Giga Presses have been shown off with Ford branding on the side, pointing out they also supply others like Ford and a clamping force of 6,000 tonnes. That particular machine they showed off said it's actually had Ford logos on. It's going to go to Hyundai Group. But the Ford machines, the Hyundai machines are being used now for the next generation of their vehicles. So the European auto industry is showing a big interest in this. Idra's on the brink of sealing a deal for these 9,000-tonne presses to uh, what they say is a premium European automaker. Volvo, Toyota are involved as well. And with six of these Giga presses, you probably need about six of them in a factory to make half a million EVs a year. And... Most notably, uh, they've been talking about how they're going to deploy large giga presses in the production of the Cybertruck. Austin in Texas, we'll see how that all pans out. VW are refreshing the ID4 and ID5, giving it more range and better tech. Now open for pre-orders, at least here in Europe. There's 60 kilowatts more power from the new motors that I've talked about recently on the podcast. There's a beefier 77 kilowatt hour battery with more range. The rear wheel drive ID4 and ID5 Pro now have 210 kilowatt electric motors on the range 342 miles WLTP that's 550 kilometers the ID5 SUV coupe goes slightly further 3 miles more 345 miles or 556 kilometers on a full charge there is the GTX versions with 250 kilowatts but the GTX cars are kind of weird they're not sporty enough to be a proper hot hatch GTI kind of label, in my opinion, at least. They're very refined and they're they're almost kind of lumbering a little bit if you want to drive them like a sports car, but also they are more expensive than the regular ID4 and ID5, and I don't think you get the money that you have to pay. So not a huge fan of those GTXs. Tech buffs will like the 12.9-inch infotainment screens, up from 12 inches. All new menus digital cockpit and head-up display. Uh, also, they've added, they've fixed the touch sliders for the AC and the volume and uh, with some illumination behind them. Thank you. And a redesigned steering wheel, but still with those kind of haptic feedback, shiny buttons. Don't like those. Uh, charging is also improved. 
135 kilowatt peak goes to 175 kilowatt peak. And if you get the small battery on the pure version, that 52 kilowatt hour battery is now a little bump to 115 kilowatt peak charging speed. LG are next in the news, and they're pouring three billion US dollars into a US battery venture with Toyota. Surprise, surprise! Expanding their battery manufacturing in Holland, Michigan, and to make lithium-ion batteries for Toyota EVs in the future. What's this? Toyota are going to make electric vehicles? Everyone's very surprised. Batteries churned out from the Michigan facility uh, will head over to the Toyota manufacturing hub in Georgetown, Kentucky, to power whatever EVs Toyota deemed to come with eventually. Noteworthy is the scale of the partnership, crowning LG's largest supply agreement outside of their traditional joint ventures to date. It kicks off in 2025, and they should have 20 gigawatts of, or gigawatt hours of production there every single year. But remember, they've also got that big $6.3 billion campus with Hyundai in Savannah, Georgia, also with Honda, they've got the $4.4 billion battery manufacturing place in Fayette County, Ohio. And they've also got GM's Altium projects as well. So plenty on LG's plates. Uh, also, LG Energy Solution are putting their own money into their own, not joint venture, but sprawling complex in Queen Creek, Arizona, to roll out cylindrical EV batteries and lithium-ion phosphate variants as well. All right, let's take a wee break. And when we come back, we will talk about uh, China and how we need more electricians and Korea as well. Stick around. Those stories are on the way. And if you like the podcast ad-free, you get your own exclusive RSS feed in your dashboard of Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash EV News Daily for five or $10 a month, maybe more if you're a company or just you want to support the podcast. And it's, it's people like you that put this show on the air and keep it free for everybody else. Then you can get your ad-free feed. What are the perks of being a Patreon member? Now, in the first couple of months of 2023, EV leasing rates declined in comparison with the same period the previous year. But uh, by April, the tide was turning, and it was all because of the Inflation Reduction Act. You see, if you don't qualify for $7,500 off of a new electric vehicle, you do if you lease it. Experian data is highlighting more than 22% of the market comprised EVs in the leasing market because in the US, the Model 3 witnessed a big uptick in its leasing numbers when people realized they could get $7,500 off the the effectively the lease price of the vehicle. Looking at the broader industry impact of the Inflation Reduction Act, lease payments have experienced a change. From Q2 this year, the average lease in the United States is $586. Wow, I, I just think that's so much money to have a car on your driveway. But I get it, you've got to get to work and you've got to have reliable transport. I get it, but that's so much money for what's not your vehicle. But you can afford it, do what you want. Um, on the flip side, the average loan amounts also saw a surge as well. Q2 2023, people were paying on average $729 per month on their auto loans. Now, talking about the Inflation Reduction Act and the IRS and the 45W, which I think is the, the bit of the legislation which concerns EV leasing. So... 
the minute all that data seems to be classified in terms of how many people have accessed leased EVs and used the, which the leasing company that accesses the $7,500, but of course that does reduce the overall price of the lease every month. And if you don't want to buy a vehicle, then that is, they call it a loophole, but it was always intended, as far as I understand, by the lawmakers to be part of the leasing plan. Now let's go to China. And the new energy vehicle sales there have hit a record in the month of September. And that surpassed a previous record. The sustained growth indicates that by December, Chinese EV sales could just about hit the 10 million EVs a year threshold. Good news for lithium-ion battery makers, for EV-associated companies as well. The China Association of Automobile Manufacturers said that September's EV sales were 904,000 units and increasing, 7% higher than the previous month in August. And pure BEVs, so stripping out plug-in hybrids, was 627,000 in a month. In a month! Which is insane. Now, uh, the number trumps the previous record of BEVs, pure electric vehicles, in a month, which was December last year. Plug-in hybrid sales for September were 277,000 units, making the fifth consecutive month of record-breaking numbers. 10 million plug-in vehicles a year in China. Looks like we're going to get to that massive milestone sometime by the end of December, or there or thereabouts. Incredible, isn't it? Now, as of early October, almost 4,000 public EV charging stations, over 7,000 ports, were reported non-functional in the United States. That's an outage rate of over 6% as the US Department of Energy is getting involved now. Looking at real-time data for the networked chargers, uh, you can see at the moment there's been 4,600 dysfunctional chargers. But remember, many chargers are not connected. If they are level 2 AC chargers, they're probably not going to have an internet connection. And so if they're out of order, they're not being counted in this number. It's incredible how poor the reliability is for EV charging in the US. No wonder the United States has gone so quickly to the Tesla plug, the NACS, the NACS connector. We don't have that issue here in Europe with CCS2. Sure, we come across charges that don't work or could be quicker or we have problems and unreliable. That absolutely happens. Um, but having not done a long... I've not driven coast to coast in the US. I've never personally experienced having that level of frustration where you, know, you get a 20% failure rate in charging attempts, which is just ridiculous. JD Power highlighting that it's harming the uh, agenda of electrification. And actually, while the United States wants to move quickly towards EV charging, solar panel setups, home storage, intelligent connected devices, they say that what we need is a lot more electricians. They say 142,000 certified electricians will be need to be added to the pool. That's, you know, obviously people are going to retire and leave the profession and younger apprentices will come in, but we're going to add 142,000 certified electricians. You know, DC charging, whether it's, you know, 400 volt or 800 to 1,000 volt system, you are not mucking around with that. If you do, if you mess up, you're going to have a pretty bad day. And so, this is not a typical thing that Alecki can just swing into. Extra training required. And if you are, I don't know, if you've got kids that are looking, oh, what do I do in life? Actually, if the, to, to go into high-voltage electronics, you've got to say that's probably going to be a career choice that is pretty secure in the future because we just haven't got the electricians and the service engineers that we need at the moment, let alone the forecast for how many we'll need in the future.
Let's go to Korea next. Two more stories. South Korea is witnessing a spike in import of batteries from China, particularly the LFP cells. Now, the Koreans really went big on the um, the cobalt kind of chemistries, NMC and nickel, manganese and cobalt. The shift towards more cost-effective LFP, lithium-ion phosphate batteries, driven by Tesla's aggressive pricing, which leverages LFPs, uh, is moving the direction of the South Korean car market. Trade data reveals that from uh, January to August of this year, the import value of Chinese-made EV batteries reached 4.47 billion US dollars in South Korea, a growth of over 115% on the same time last year. For context, by August, the import value had exceeded the entire annual import value from the previous year. Big brands in South Korea are adapting to the trend. Hyundai incorporated LFP cells into their Kona. More recently, Kia using them in the Nero and Ray EV models. But the South Korean battery manufacturers are working hard to move to LFP chemistries. Nevertheless, large-scale production won't really start till 2025, 2026. And finally... When you think of the automotive industry, you don't think of Saudi Arabia. You think of the oil industry. But their public investment fund wants to unveil a new infrastructure firm to signify the boost to becoming, well, thought of in the Middle East as EV-friendly and facilitate a transition to EVs in what is oil country. As per the set goals, the newly formed company in Saudi Arabia will put a thousand different charging posts in by the year 2030. They want 5,000 fast chargers installed to connect their highways and ensure that people can drive EVs, that they can see the future. We're not going to be burning stuff forever. And they've got the money to invest in it now, and they're making themselves future-proof. They want to emerge as a front-runner, they say, in the electric automobile world. Well, they've got a little way to go until then, but well done for trying. That's your podcast today. Thanks for listening, and thanks to our premium partners, Porsche of the Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging. Now, they're on the US mainland, and in Hawaii, they are Aloha Charge. Derek Riley from Nevo.ie and the Nevo V Review Island YouTube channel. Octopus Electroverse, global public charging made simple with one app and one map and least plan electric moments, providing all the tools and guidance EV drivers need to have a good cinema. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.